0: Our that is able to change. We thank you for the spirit of transformation. We pray, Lord, that we will not leave this place the same, but let there be a change. Change our hearts, transform us. We thank you, Holy Spirit. Take control of the service tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Clap your hands together for the Lord, and you may be seated. turn with me to Luke chapter 15 Luke chapter 15 and verse 11 Luke chapter 15 and verse number 11 amen Do you have your Bibles? Luke chapter 15 and verse 11. Wonderful. Well, let us read. And he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them, can you move with me? And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with righteous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with a husk that a swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and I am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf, and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead, and is alive again. He was lost, and is found, and they began to be merry. Now his elder son was in the field, and as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. And he was angry and would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. And he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgress I at any time thy commandment, and yet thou never givest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son was come, which had devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad, for this thy brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. Hallelujah. For this thy brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. It was meet that we should make merry Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Are you tired of hearing this story? It's a story that Jesus told. And I don't think we should ever be tired of hearing the story. I think we have a week or so and we are done sharing with this story. So enjoy it while it is here. Because some of you may never read it again. Isn't that so? Yeah, some of you may not read it ever again. Irene, welcome home. You are home. Amen. Wonderful. So, we have been sharing from the symbols from the prodigal son. Symbols from the prodigal son. And we have shared so many things. We started off by sharing so many things or symbols that we could learn from the younger son. We learned a lot of things from the younger son. And now we have turned to learn certain things also from the elder brother now we are saying that these two the brothers represent two types of christians two types of christians and we are learning from the type of christian who gets lost the type of christian that leaves the faith that leaves the father's house and comes back and the type of christian who never leaves the type that works in the Father's house, the type that does not wrong the Father, does not commit any sin against the Father, or at least in his assessment, does not commit any sin or does not traverse any of the Father's commandments. Hallelujah. And this is what we are learning from this type of Christian who stays in the house, who works in the house, who attends weekday services. Say, like me. Amen. The type of Christian who does not care about the one that is lost. Who does not bring the one that is lost in. Does not welcome the one that is lost. And say, like me. Repeat and say, like me. me. I'm talking about you. You, that, that type of Christian. So, today or tonight, this message is about you. Tell your neighbor that again. Say, the last few weeks, we've been sharing a lot about you. Amen. So, what are some of the things we've been sharing about you? Ask your neighbor. Some of the lessons we can learn from your behavior. Say, you the elder sister or the elder brother. (laughs) Amen. So, lessons that we've been sharing or lessons we've been learning from the elder brother. We are learning certain lessons from the elder brother. And we said, number one, you can be in the father's house and yet have an unforgiving spirit. You can be in the father's house and have an unforgiving spirit. You are a Christian. You are in the church. You are in the Father's house. How many of you understand that this is the Father's house? Yes, Florence. This is the Father's house. We are in the Father's house. We are serving God. We are in the house of God. So you can be in the Father's house, yet have an unforgiving spirit. Amen. Amen. This was the elder brother. Number two, we said, you can do the work of God and yet have an unforgiving heart. Do the work of God and have an unforgiving heart. Is it possible? It's very possible. Very, very possible. You can work so hard in the church yet have an unforgiving spirit or unforgiving heart. The next one, we say, your response to your brother, not to God, Shows the real state of your heart. Isn't that so? Your response to your brother, not to God. Is what shows the real state of your heart. Amen. Amen. If you want to know your real state of your heart condition. The real state of your heart. It is not how you respond to God. It is not how you respond to God. Because the way we respond to God. It's always perfect. Do you understand? It is always perfect. And that is not how your heart state is. It is something that triggers a certain response. Do you understand? Which is the presence of God or being reminded of God. Amen. When I say hallelujah... Or when I say praise the Lord, what do you say? That means you agree. Isn't that so? That is your response. When I say praise the Lord, a lot of you will say amen or you say hallelujah. Isn't that so? But when there is something about your brother and I say let's clap for him, it's not everyone who will clap. Isn't that so? It's not everyone who will clap. So it is not how we relate to God that shows the state of our heart. When we come and we are singing, a lot of you will start clapping and you will start lifting up your hands and you will start crying. Some of you will fall on your knees and so on and so forth. You see, that is your response to God. Isn't that so? But as you were walking around, there was no clapping in your heart. There was no clapping in your heart. There was no lifting up hands in your heart. Isn't that so? So, we cannot look at how you are responding now to God to see that this is what is in your heart. Because before you came, before a song was raised, you were not crying and meditating and lifting up your hands, you know, to God. That is not how you were. So our response to God does not show the true state of our heart. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? How we respond to God will never show the true state of our heart. It can never tell us how our heart condition is or how our heart state is. Isn't that so? Yeah. So if we want to know the true state of our heart, it is how we respond to God. That is how we know the true state of our heart. Amen. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing? That is how we will know the true state of our heart. How we respond to God. Not how we... how, How we respond to our brother. Not how we respond to God. Because a lot of us respond very nicely to God. A lot of you respond very nicely if we are giving support the church we are taking offerings a lot of you give out of your heart but when there's a brother who is in need and we say we are taking for him not everyone will give isn't that so yeah so it's your response to your brother that shows your response or the state of your heart and god has given us a key to assess the state of our heart the true state of our heart god has given us how to assess it the way to judge for ourselves and we read a scripture in first john chapter 4 and verse 20 first john chapter 4 and verse 20 says if a man say i love god if a man say i love god and hated his brother he is a liar don't believe him Amen. Amen. So that is how you can judge. You see, have you seen God before? How many of you have seen God? So how can you say you love God? Who you have not seen? How do you love God? How How do you assess that you love God? I need someone to tell me, because of this that I do, I know that I love God. How? How do you assess? Who has seen God before? You see, so you cannot, you cannot, you cannot. Even you personally, your own heart, you can't tell that you love God. You can't tell. As for me, I really love God. How? Show me. You see, so God says the way He says. He says, if a man say I love God, and hate his brother, he is a liar. So the key to really. Assess for yourself that you love God is how you love your brother. How you love your brother it should tell you that you love God. It says, for he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? So that is why I'm asking, how can you love God? How can you love God? You have not seen God. You say you don't even know how he looks like. But you say you love him. So how can you say you love him? The way to judge for yourself, to assess for yourself that you love God is how you love your brother. It's very simple. You see, but you don't like simple things. You don't like simple things. So he says, the key is that he who loveth God, love his brother also. That is a key. No, that is a key. Any wife who hates your husband, you don't love God. And a husband that hates your wife also, you do not love God. Amen. Amen. The next one, it says, making no mistakes. Is that number five? Making no mistakes can make you develop a too righteous attitude when you do not make mistakes. When you have not made certain mistakes in life, it can give you a too righteous attitude or make you have a too righteous attitude the attitude that you are a very righteous person, someone who has not committed certain sins before. You have not committed fornication, you were born into the right home, you were shielded, you were guided, you went to the right schools, you were surrounded by the right friends. You did the right cause. You married the right person. You know, you were brought up in the church. You, were not, you didn't have any, any situation or any condition created for you to commit certain sins. Do you understand? Some of you, will never committed fornication because you have not had the opportunity. You have not had the opportunity. But if a lot of men were flooding and bothering you all the time, you perhaps will commit fornication. Or you would have. Do you understand? Now, when you have been in the father's house, like this elder brother who who has been in the father's house and had not gone anywhere, it gives you that attitude of righteousness. Amen. Amen. It gives you that attitude of righteousness. And then you begin to also have pride in you and then you begin to judge other people. You begin to condemn other people. Because they, they, they are not, you are not doing the things that they are doing. But you see, there are some people, their lives are plagued with all kinds of things. Not by choice. Do you understand? Not by choice. I mean, we are not condoning sin. But there are some people, they had to sleep with other men in order for them to even eat. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? They 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 had they they were they happened to be in a situation like that or in a condition like that. Some people had to sleep with other men so that they will have a place to stay. Or sleep with other women for that matter, that they will have a place to stay. And so when you do not know all of the things that perhaps may have happened to a person. You begin to pass judgment. When you do not know how someone had gone down and down and down to the extent that now he's eating with pigs. He's eating with pigs. You see, when you don't know how low the person came and how remorseful the person felt. How sorry the person felt. You will not know and you begin to judge the person. As the person is coming back home, you begin to judge the person. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing well, You don't have all of it. And so last week we were sharing that no man should judge. No man should judge anyone. Why? Because to judge rightfully, you have to have all the information. You have to have all the facts. To judge rightfully... In court, when they are making decisions and they are making judgment, they want to, that is why they spend so many days in court trying to gather all the facts. And sometimes, even as much as they try, they are not able to gather all the facts. Because no man can have all the facts. No man can have all the facts. Because all the facts are not outward, all the facts are not seen. All the facts are not heard. All the facts cannot be felt or cannot be touched. Some of the facts and a large number of the facts, they are hidden in the heart. Do you understand? They are hidden and that is why no man is allowed to even judge another. The Bible says, judge not. Amen. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 13. We are saying God is the only one who should judge. God is the only one who should judge because the scripture says nothing in the New Living Translation, it says nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before His eyes. Do you understand? everything is naked and exposed before his eyes and he is the one to whom we are accountable god is the one to whom we are accountable why because he's the one that sees what is in our hearts and sees what is the outward sees what is in our mind sees what we are thinking amen. amen that is why in this story the younger son you know he rehearsed his confession To the father. His confession was rehearsed. What he was going to say to the father. I knew that he must have felt also that as he was living his elder brother may have said certain things. That he didn't listen you know and he went. But his rehearsal and his confession was to his father. Because it's the father who understands him. The father who knows it all. The father who sees in his heart. It's the father who knows what he went through. Not the elder brother. Because he was accountable only to the father. He was accountable to the father. Amen. Amen. So you, the elder brother, your responsibility is to welcome him. You to welcome him. So you can be in the father's house working and working, working so hard, but you still have Not the father's heart. You do not have the father's heart. Amen. You be you can be in the father's house and not have the father's heart. You see, a lot of us do the work in the house, but we don't have the father's heart. Do you understand? A lot of us do work in the house. We work so hard for the father, but we don't have the father's heart. The father's heart is about welcoming lost souls. The father's heart is about searching for the lost. The father's heart is about soul winning. But you see, we think that the main work is working in the field. Working hard and following the father's commandment and just being in the house. That we come Tuesday after Tuesday, Sunday after Sunday, the, we think that the main work, the main work, is to sing, rehearse, and sing to the Father. We think the main work is to sweep in the church. The main work is to make sure the bathrooms are clean. I'm doing all of this in the Father's house. The main work is to usher people, make sure. Chairs are arranged properly, make sure the system is set up, I do my work. Do you understand? And so we do all of this. But you see, all of this, all of this work, the main heart behind it, the main reason behind it is to win souls. It's to win souls. So if you are doing all of that and soul winning is not your priority or all that you are doing is not geared towards soul winning, it is not of the father's heart. It's not the father's heart. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? My main reason is not when I'm preaching and I'm sharing certain things and we are talking about marriage and we are talking about sons and daughters and this. The, that's not, the main reason is not that you get married, the main reason is not that you have children or you have a job. You have money. It is that to continue to serve God, that you will not become a lost soul. That your marriage will not be a reason for you missing the kingdom of God. So I share certain things so that you understand also how God looks at marriage. That as you are in this marriage also, it may not be a reason for you going to hell. Do you understand? It is not so that you enjoy the marriage but that you remain a Christian, a Christian wife. You remain a Christian husband. If I'm taking you through marriage counseling, is that when you marry, that marriage will not take you to hell. That is why we spend time teaching you about the marriage, that it will not take you to hell. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) If there is a way I can say that, don't stay married, because marriage can take you to hell. If I don't teach you about certain things in your marriage counseling, it can take you to hell. You can go to hell because of marriage. Do you understand? So it's not the main reason. That is not why we are in the church. So you are not coming here to learn about marriage. And you are not, talking, you are not coming here to learn about business. And to learn, get prosperity. That God will give you enough so that you will not steal. David says, if I can have enough so that I will not steal and I will not sin against you, that you will have a good job so that you will not steal. Do you understand? Yeah. So when I'm sharing certain things with you, don't make your house to be staples, taking all the things from your job and putting them in your house. And It's not because I just want you to be happy and love So that you don't steal. You don't become a thief. That you don't go to hell. So all the windows that I share with you in the church and I'm giving you all practical. That is why I say that I don't preach any abstract messages. Messages that are not concerning. You know, who are we talking about? The messages that I share in the church, they are about you. I'm talking about you. You. About your life. That it will not take you to hell. That is the main reason. That's the main reason. Do you understand? Yeah. That is the main reason. It's not, oh, if you want a successful marriage, come to the Bronze North, you know. The pastor, you know, he has a lot of wonderful things to share about marriage. If you want to be a successful Christian wife, Who would die in Christ and go to heaven? Then come. Amen. Amen. The next one. Unforgiving, an unforgiving elder brother does not flow in the worship. An unforgiving elder brother does not flow in the worship. Now, I want to caution you that the message that I'm sharing is not about brothers only. Do you understand? So, we are talking about brothers and sisters. Unforgiving elder sister. Unforgiving sister who is committed to the church, doing the work of God, who has not left the church does not flow in the worship. He or she does not flow in the worship. The Bible says, there was music and dancing in the house, but the elder brother would not go in to join in the celebration. There was music and dancing. People were happy, celebrating, but he would not go in, and the reason was that he was filled with unforgiveness in his heart. He was filled with unforgiveness in his heart. Amen. Amen. There are people who come to church and they are not able to flow in the worship because they left home angry. As they were leaving home, they were angry. They were angry with someone, or as they were coming in their car, they were arguing. And so when they come to church, they are not able to flow in the worship. They can't worship. They are not happy. Maybe you have an issue with the person who is leading the praise and worship. So as you walk in and you see who is leading the praise and worship, you are angry. You will not sing. Is somebody understanding what I'm saying? You are one of the backers. One of the people in the back who are... but you, you, you look who... You are angry. You will not sing. The person has done something against you and... You have not forgiven the person, so anytime the person is leading the songs, you will not worship. You see, these are practical things that I'm sharing with you. You are looking at me like I'm talking about some. You say that is not that does not happen in our church. It happens. Does it not happen in a church? Yeah. You are not happy with the person who is leading the worship. She did something that you didn't like, and so as she's leading the worship, you are not worshipping. The other brother says, I will not go in. This son who has devoured living with, righteous living, he has come, and now we are having a... I will not go in. And he gave the reason why he's not going in. Isn't that so? Yeah. You are angry. So you see the person who is leading the worship, immediately you walk back and go to the bathroom. As if you are going to do your makeup. You will stay in the bathroom until the worship is over. Then you will come. Because you are angry with the person who is leading the worship or one of the people who are in the the worship team. You are not happy. You are not happy. Or perhaps the um, the music director was rebuking you during rehearsals. And then you came and you saw him and then you remembered. So you... You are angry so you will not go in you are angry, he will not go in. Amen. Sometimes you look at the person who is leading the worship and then you say, if they only knew who is this. They don't know who this person is. If they only knew who is leading the worship. You see, that is the elder brother's attitude. If He was telling the father, if you knew this thy son, what he was doing, devouring your living with righteous living, you're throwing a party for him. If you knew who was leading this, Reverend doesn't know this person. That's why Reverend let him do or let him do these things and I don't know. I know. I don't know. I know. You are the one who has the elder brother's attitude and the elder sister's attitude. and forgiveness filled in your heart. You are the one. Hey, this person is the one that is leading the worship. Hey! They don't know who she is. They don't know who she is. Who doesn't know? God knows who she is. You are the one that we don't know who you are. Because the father knew what the son had done. The father knew that as the son was coming, looking at his clothes, didn't he say bring the best robe? Does it mean that the, the son came in with a very beautiful robe? So, the son, I mean, for someone who has taken half of my property and is gone, he should come in with some nice clothes. But the way he's coming means that he has wasted all his substance. And the father knew. The father knew that this son had devoured my living, he has wasted half of his property. Half of it, is the father's property. Half of all his entire property, he divided them into half. Into two and gave half to him. And so the father knew who the son was. He knew what the son had done. He knew where the son had been. And he was welcoming him. Celebrating him. Isn't that so? Sometimes someone walks in the middle of the worship and you cannot worship anymore because you see who just walked in. And then you lift up your hands and you are dancing and then you turn. (laughs) Isn't that so? Even the people who stand in the front here, as they are singing, they are singing and then... (laughs) And then they began to like, they they are dancing, but it's just that you don't want to look at even this person who has just walked in. True or not true? true. Or the choir as they are ministering. They are ministering. That is why you also, you have to come early so they don't see you. Come early and be seated. Younger son. So as they are worshiping, you are leading, you are leading praise and worship. So sometimes they see the person comes in, they have to close their eyes so that they can continue. Because I'm going to even forget my words. Because of this person. I have to close my eyes. True or not true? <laughs> I said I'm preaching about you tonight, all of you. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, you are worshiping someone walks in and then you put your, your hand stays there. And then you don't know what to do. <laughs> whether to put your hand down or continue to worship because of the person who just walked in. Sometimes there are some people, they are not able to worship because some beloved had disappointed you in the church. The person who promised to marry you has disappointed you. And now he has turned to another person. And so you are not able, anytime time you see this person come in the church, you cannot <laughs> worship. You cannot worship. You can't worship. And that is one of the reasons many people leave the church. They leave the church and then they make it look like they are angry about something that I have done. I call, you don't answer, and you pretend to make it look like I have done something wrong. Then later on, I find out that the reason, the real reason why you left is because you have some, some issues Some issues. Some people leave the church because they are living a certain life that is not proper. Do you understand? Yeah. You are angry and he will not go in. When you break up your relationships, don't blame the pastor. Because a lot of times you don't even tell the pastor about the relationship. You don't tell the pastor about the relationship. By the time the pastor knows about the relationship, you have done certain things that you are not supposed to do. And then you are hurt. You are angry. Whenever you find someone, come and talk to me. Please. Come and talk to me. Or if you are interested in someone, talk to me. Some of you, you get involved in a relationship. And then the person, you have no idea that the person has someone else. But I know. Do you understand? You see, you don't know, but I know. The next one. An unforgiving elder brother does not rejoice when good things happen to others. An unforgiving elder brother does not rejoice When good things happen to others, when good things happen to others, they are not rejoicing with the person. See, the elder brother, he will not go in because it was not his party. He will not go in because it was not his party. You see, we cannot say that, oh, he's not the partying type. You know, he's not going in because he's not the partying type. You know, he's not a kind. You know, he, he's always working. You know, he's not, he's not into parties. As for him, the only thing is about his school, you know, his work in the house. is not a partying. But that is not the case. The reason why he didn't go in was because he was angry. Because the party was not about him. Because he wanted a party for himself also. We can say he's not a party. Verse 29, what does it say? Verse 29, the Bible says, it says And he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgress I at any time thy commandment. And yet thou never givest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. I needed a party for myself. This thy son is having a party. What about me? You see, he will not go in because the party was not about him. It was not about him that he has invited his friends. It was not about him. That is why he was not going. Not that he was not a, a party type. Amen. And there are some people like that in the church. I said there are some people like that in the church. When things are not about them they will not come in. When the thing is not about them they will not come in. I said there are some people like that in the church. There are people who will not attend anyone's naming ceremony. They will never attend anyone's naming someone has a child they are naming the child they will not go because it's not about them. They will not attend anyone's baby shower. They will not go. You're having a, a bridal shower, they will not go. Some people are like because it's not about them. It was not about them. There are some people they will not attend anyone's funeral. There are some people in the church they have never attended anyone's funeral before. Yeah. But when it's about them, when it's about them, they want the entire church to come. They want every church member to come. Even the people who have relocated to other states, they want them to come. (laughs) They want the pastor to announce at the diocesan meeting so that the diocese will all know that this is happening to me and they should all come. There are some people like that. They are not concerned about other people's celebrations, but when it's about them, they want everyone to be involved. They want everyone to come. Some people are very passive about other people's celebration. Very passive. They don't even look like they are happy for you. True or not true? They are always late to people's events. Always. There are some people, if it's not about them, they don't care. Always late. When it's about you, they don't care. You are having a wedding, they don't care. They will be late. You see, but when you have not had a wedding before, you will not understand what it means to have people coming late at your wedding. That you have a place that you are supposed to be there for two hours. And it's an hour already and the people have not shown up. You see? There are some people, they don't care because it's not their wedding. The day of the wedding, the wedding is starting at 11 a.m. They go to the beauty parlor at 10 a.m to wait for their turn. They don't care. Amen. I say they don't care. There are some people, they don't care about anything if it is not concerning them. If it is not their celebration, they do not care. If it is not about him and a party with his friends, making merry with his friends, I'm not coming in. I'm not coming in. Some of you, you have your... Whatever, shower, whatever, and you saw how they cook fancy foods, nice food. They brought all kinds of things. And you were happy. You came and you are very happy. You, are even, you want to take some even with you to go home. And then when it's about someone else's, and they approach you and they say, Oh, we, will, we are having this for this person, what would you bring? You say, I'll bring napkins. I'll bring napkins. Napkins to do what? You are the first person that they are asking. We are going to cook food. And you are the first person they are asking. You say, I'll bring napkins. (laughs) I'll bring spoons. I'll bring plates. You see, there are some people, one is not about that. You see, but one is about you. You want the whole church to cook something. All the women to cook something to bring but when it's someone else's, they ask you, say, "You bring napkins. So what if all the people bring napkins? Then you will eat napkins and wipe your fat mouth with napkins. You see, I'm preaching practical messages. I'm telling you things that happen in the church, things that happen in the church. See, I'll bring cups. I bring cups. They are cooking, they are cooking. They say, what would you bring? He says, I'll bring wache. With what? What are we going to eat with? He says, I'll bring three pounds. Three pounds of rice. I'll bring white rice. I'll bring three pounds of white rice. For what? You see, that is, that is, a, that is not a nice attitude. That is not a good attitude. Why rise? When it's your turn, you see how you were happy. You see, when people put in the effort, you see how you were happy. It is your brother's party. You will not go in. You will not add to it. You will not enjoy with him. You will not put in any effort to make it beautiful. Sometimes when I look at, you know, this Martha's group, you know, it's something that I really admire. Because I see when women have children, uh, you have a newborn baby and you come home, some of them caesarean session, and you still even have other children to care for. And as a mother, you want to also cook, you can cook. But they have this thing in a church where they cook for you, they bring all these kinds of food, sometimes they do it not once, twice, three times, and so on and so forth, whilst you are healing. I think it's very nice, isn't that so? So you see, you would think that, you would think that I, at least, I, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm speaking only for myself. I would think that every mother who has experienced this will automatically be one of the mother's group people want to do this. Because, wow, you know, in a state where I am so much in pain, I can't do anything for myself, they brought all of this that my husband could even have some to eat. And now when someone's 10, they ask you, you say, I will send um, napkins. I will bring napkins. Wow. It's so unchristian. You know, it's like you don't have feelings for another person. This type brother was down, down, down. And he has come home. Come and even see how he looks like wow, my brother is back. You see, you have no sensitivity, no feelings, no empathy for someone who went so low, a rich man's son, went so low as, low as eating with pigs, fighting with pigs for food. And now he has gathered himself to come and you will not go in to celebrate with him. You will not go in to celebrate with him. Amen. Amen. You see, sometimes some people also feel that they will never have a need for it. So why should I bother? Why should I bother? Yes. Oh, look. This cheap clapping. If you are clapping, clap properly. If you are not clapping, let me preach my message. I'm giving you two seconds to finish the clapping and then I'm wasting my time. Let me continue my message. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of clapping is this? Some people will not do it because they feel that they will never need it. They will never need it. They, they, they have, I've had my children already. I'm done having my children. So, you know, I'm never going to need it. You know, I'm married already, so this brother shower and all this, baby, I'm not, I don't have time for it. You see, but that is not the reason why we do it. We are not doing it because we will have a need for it. We are doing it because we love the Father. Yes. Uh, amen. That's the reason why we do it. That we love the Father. Amen. amen. So if I'm now having my children, if I say, oh, the pastor is never, my wife is never going to have um, any more children, so this baby shower—enough of this. that's not doing it in the church. What kind of behavior is that? But we are doing it for the father. It is the father's party, so you can say, "I'm not going in. Yes. I'm not going in." Amen. Amen. You don't like my message. Hey. You don't like my message. You see, you never know when it will be your turn. You will never know what else you will need us to do for you. You will never know. Like funeral. Everyone will have a funeral. Everyone will have a funeral. So for you to say that, oh, my people are young, you know, my parents are young, you know, my, you know, everyone around me is young, so, hey. So you don't, you don't go to anyone's funeral. You don't make any donation to anyone's funeral because you think all oh, your people are young. Oh, your parents are dead already. (laughs) They are gone. Wow. Wow. Amen. There are people who get angry because no one visited you when you were sick. Or no one called you when you were sick. There are people who get angry like that. No one visited you when you were sick. No one called me when I was sick. No one did this when I was this. No one did that when I was... Who have you called before? Or who have you visited before? You see, there are people who get angry and sometimes they don't even come to church after they feel well. Because when I was sick, no one even noticed that I was sick. No one called me. No one visited me. And... Who have you visited before, since you've been in a church? Who have you called? I mean, who have you called? I'm not talking about you called to remind the person to bring the kinky that you are buying for you. I'm talking about calling because the person did not come to church. I'm calling you to see why you are not in church. I'm calling to see why this. I'm calling to see why you are not singing. I'm calling to see because I've not seen you in the choir for the last three, four weeks. Why? Why? who has who have you visited who have you called before that you are angry that no one called you that you are angry that no one visited you let me show you a scripture in that jesus in the book of luke luke chapter 16 and verse 12 Luke chapter 16 and verse 12. It says, And if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? Amen. If you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? If you have not been faithful with the thing that belongs to another person, Who will give you that which is your own? You have not been faithful in calling people. You have not been faithful in visiting people. Who will give you that which is your own? This is a very wonderful scripture. Some of you, you have not been faithful to other people's marriages. And you are wondering why you don't have your own marriage. You see, this scripture, it means that What belongs to you is in another person's hand. He says, if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, that means the thing that belongs to another person, if you have not been faithful in that thing, who shall give you that which is your own? That means what is your own? Someone is having possession of it. What belongs to you is in someone's hand. And if you have not been faithful in the thing that belongs to another person, Who should give you? Who should give you that which belongs to you? That means what belongs to you must be given. What belongs to you must be given by another person. Not necessarily the person that you are being faithful to. But regardless, what belongs to you is in another person's hand. Amen. And if you have not been faithful in that which belongs to you, see that chip clapping, it came again, you see. So it means that, this means that they intentionally give the cheap clapping to the Lord. Because they can clap properly. Isn't that so? Look, one thing that you have to know about God is He lies only the best. Do you understand? He lies only the best. And when He's giving, He gives His best. Do you understand? That is why you admire nature. You look and you say, wow, so beautiful. You look at the lakes. You look at the... He gives only his best. He doesn't like cheap things. Do you understand? Yeah. So when you are giving something to the Lord, give your best. Your first and your best. Give your best clap. Amen. You have to know that God you serve is not a poor, cheap God. Amen. So if you have not been faithful in that which belongs to another person, no one will give that which belongs to you. Some of you, ladies, you have not been faithful in other people's marriages. You have caused a lot of trouble in people's marriages. Caused a lot of trouble. Caused a lot of fight in people's bedrooms. And now you want to have that which is yours. Amen. You need forgiveness. You see, and the time, the time of waiting to receive that which is yours is your opportunity to be faithful in another person's thing. Do you understand? Because what is going to release that which is yours is your faithfulness in another person's thing. Amen. You are in someone's ministry and you are not faithful. You think God will give you your own ministry? No. No. God will not give you your own ministry that is going to thrive. You ought to be faithful in another man's thing. He says, if ye have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is yours? That which is your own. Your own. It is your own, but someone has to give it to you. You understand? It is your own, but someone has to give it to you. And so if you have not been faithful in that which is someone's, don't expect that you have that which is your own. Whatever you want, look for another person who has it and be faithful in that. Help the person get that thing the more. Some of you, you don't help with other people's children. You, 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 you see other people's children... And you don't care, you don't buy them gifts. You don't, they say they'll be having Christmas presents for the children. Hmm. Ah, we pay tight and we give offering. Hmm. You see, you say all kinds of things. And then you take your children somewhere else. A babysitter, you want your babys- the babysitter to take good care of your child for you. And you have not been faithful. Some of Sunday school teachers, you beat the children and knock their heads. And when you have your children, you see how people will beat them. Amen. Remind me about a, a very important announcement at the end of it. The... Amen. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Yes. Be faithful in that which is another person's. Pamper that which you like. Don't you like your child to be pampered and to be treated well? Yeah. But you are not treating someone else's children well. You don't treat the pastor's children well. When you become a pastor, you want people to treat your children well. Then you start complaining. Eh, since uh, No one is... Uh, no one. He said, if ye have not been faithful in that which is another man's. If you have not been faithful in that which is mine. Who shall give you that which is your own? No one will give you. No one will give you that which is your own. Amen. You are are in someone's business. You are working for someone and you are always stealing. Meanwhile, you are planning to have your own business. Who will give that which is your own? You want to start a business. Be faithful in another man's business. Some of you, you have future plans for your own business. But your job is someone's business and you are not faithful. You go late. You steal. you You don't do your work. You spend... It's eight hours on the job, but you work for four hours. You are not faithful in that which is another man's. No one will give you. You will never have your business. Because until you become faithful in another man's business, you will never own your own business. You never own your own business. Do you understand? And that is why you may force to get it. You may force to have your own business, but it's in someone's hand. And that is why it will not do well. You may force to have your own church. You may force to have your own ministry. But you realize that it has to be given you by your faithfulness. Your faithfulness in another man's, it releases yours into your hands. It releases yours into your hands. So what belongs to you is in someone's hand like this. You see? It's like this. And what is going to release that thing onto you is your faithfulness in another person's thing. That is what is going to release it to you as you are being faithful. Amen. Amen. So whenever you have an opportunity to be faithful in that which belongs to another person, do it with all your heart. Because what you are doing is you are releasing your own to come to you. It is a spiritual principle and you have to honor it and respect it. Hallelujah. Amen. So how many points have we learned so far? Seven. Number one, what is the first one? You can be in the Father's house and yet have an unforgiving spirit. Number two. You can do the work of God and yet have an unforgiving heart. That is when a, a choir star is singing and someone walks in and then he can continue. You are working but you have an unforgiving heart number 3 you can be in a father's house and not have the father's heart the next one your response to your brother shows the real state of your heart not your response to god the next one Wow, making no mistakes can make you develop a too righteous attitude. And the next one. an unforgiving elder brother does not flow in the worship. The next one. an unforgiving elder brother does not rejoice when good things happen to others. The next one. Okay, so then maybe we'll pause here, and then we'll continue next time we meet. Clap your hands together for the Lord, and stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. I just want you to pray that you have the Father's heart. That the Father will place in you his heart that as you are in the house you have the father's heart the heart to worship the heart to flow the heart to rejoice when the father is rejoicing when the father is happy about something let that same thing make you happy when the father is not pleased with something let that same thing also not be pleasing to you that you have the father's heart. that god will change your heart that you will have the father's heart The father's heart, father we we thank you Lord that when we sin and we come before you and we ask for forgiveness you are faithful and just to forgive us of all our unrighteousness Lord tonight we are sorry for the heart of the elder brother we are sorry oh God that we have not welcomed the lost when you welcomed them we are sorry oh god that we did not celebrate when you chose to celebrate one of us we are sorry oh god change this heart of ours change this attitude of righteousness of self-righteousness the attitude of the elder brother father forgive us we repent tonight and we say Lord. Us and remold us. Give us your hearts. Let us have the heart that goes after the lost. The heart that pursues the lost souls. The heart that wins souls. The heart that brings in the lost into your kingdom. The heart that welcomes the lost. The heart that celebrates when the lost comes to your house. We are grateful and good tonight's service in Jesus' name. Amen. you glory Give honor. if there's anyone here tonight you are not born again you want to give your life to Jesus you want to welcome Jesus Christ into your life I want to give you that opportunity you say pastor pray with me I want to welcome Jesus Christ into my life I want to walk with Jesus if that is you you want to be born again you want a spiritual repent if that is you up your right hand and i'll pray with you you want to give your life to jesus you want to give your life to jesus you say i want to welcome jesus christ into my life i want to give my life to jesus christ if that is you if you really want to give your life to jesus just lift up your hand high so i can see it father we are grateful and thankful we give you glory and we give you honor You have lifted up your hand and you want to give your life to Jesus. I want you to come forward. Just come here. Take a bold step. Come forward. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. It is a bold step. Oh, Jesus. up your right hand and say this prayer with me say this after me repeat after me and all the congregation i want you to join this prayer and say lord jesus lord jesus, thank you for dying for me thank you for dying. lord jesus, lord jesus I, acknowledge I acknowledge that i am a sinner, a sinner. Tonight, tonight i come before you with a heart full of repentance lord jesus i know you died for my sins i believe you rose again on the third day lord jesus wipe me with your blood forgive me of all my sins tonight i welcome you into my life lord jesus please be my lord be my master be my savior savior. tonight Tonight, please write my name name in the book of life life. Lord Jesus Jesus. please write my name in the book of life from tonight tonight, I will serve you I will will follow you I I have made a decision decision to serve you you. now listen listen. Satan Satan. I do not serve you I do not follow you. I, do follow I have chosen you. Jesus. I have chosen and I will walk with Jesus. Thank, you, Jesus. Thank you Jesus for saving me. In Jesus name. Amen. Lord we are grateful and thankful for your daughter who is here tonight. Has come back in your kingdom. Lord the heavens rejoice because of this thing that has been done here on earth tonight. Father you say if there is anything that will bring joy among the angels of heaven. It is this very situation right now. Therefore, Lord, we join the heavens and we rejoice in what you are happy about. We are rejoicing in what brings joy to your heart. Now, Lord, we ask, let a magnified angel, a strong angel, stand by the side of your daughter. Build a hedge around your daughter. Let the enemy not have a hand in the life of your daughter. But, Lord, I pray, may you command angels to walk with her as she goes out and as she comes in. I pray, oh God, as her heart has been wiped clean, may you fill in with your spirit. Amen. Occupy the heart Amen. and teach her your ways that she will walk with you in the name of Jesus. I pray, oh God, that she will never ever fall again to the hands of the enemy in Jesus' name. Lawrence, God bless you. We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.org b-r-o-n-x at gmail.com